Welcome back, loyal listeners. Welcome, new listeners, to this is Runkle Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast, Season 2, Episode 15, Lucky Penny. And with me, as always, is my co host and my bridge and tunnel gal, Jen Runkle. And I still don't know what that means. We'll try and break that down when we get there in the show. But I, I, what I was referring to with my humming was what you might have noticed last episode, and I didn't know I was going to do it last episode, but our opening closing music is now theme song from the show. Hooray! I decided I've heard too many podcasts that are using the music from the show, and I was always scared to do it because I was afraid we were going to get you know censored for it or whatever. I don't know. Because I, in my research before we started podcasting, I read that you weren't allowed to do that. But I just I see it all over the place. I'm going to assume that no one cares and go forward with it. No, I'm clearly not any sort of copyright attorney, but I think if you're talking about a show, you're allowed to use clips from said show under fair use. I could be completely making that up, but it makes sense in my brain. I think clips are okay. I just don't know about the music. Well, let's but, talk about the music. Maybe every episode. <laughs> what did so, you think about the song so this how, week? How about that music, huh? <laughs> so we'll see. I don't. I don't know if big podcast is going to come crashing down on us for using the theme song of the podcast we're reviewing. I mean, we are doing something that promotes the show, so mm-hmm. you would think ultimately they'd be on our side. Yeah. Maybe I'm pretty sure nobody cares. <laughs> I started three new podcast recaps. Wow! Show off. I finally found a good entourage one um, where they make fun of how horribly it holds up while still recognizing some of the funny things about the show. So okay. it's by a bunch of New York comedians. It's called Pontourage, Podtourage, maybe. I think that's it. And the hosts are good. I like it. I like the format. They run about you know an hour and a half, so it's a bit long because they sort of get into these little bits with their comedian friends. But I like the hosts. It's pretty good. And the only problem is I looked at to see, you know, it started in 2018. I looked to see when the last time the podcast was, and I feel like it was, like, late 2019. So they got, they got about midway through the second season, and I'm wondering if they gave up on it. But I'll kind of see if I get hints as to what happened there. Maybe they'll start to come back. I'm only a few episodes in. And then I did. I started one with to, to go along with our your and my first watching of Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. And it's called like the Pawnee Radio podcast or something like that. And one of the hosts was on Survivor, I guess, at some point. They're part of the Rob has a podcast network that we've mm-hmm. found the, the the Seinfeld one, and then all the other shows we've listened to recaps of through that network. Although they don't, they won't be their episodes won't be shared on that feed. They have their own feed. Now, theirs was okay. I stopped listening to it because it was like an hour and a half long podcast, about a 30-minute show. And I think I mentioned this podcast, either the last one or the one before, how it kind of ran a bit long compared to even ours. Mm-hmm. And they would probably talk about the actual episode for maybe 10 to 15 minutes of that hour and a half. Like, they did so much analysis on characters. It got a little bit, not really my taste. I think other people might like it that way. It's very different from what we do mm-hmm. or from what other ones that I've liked in the past. But 
Uh, They do a pretty good job. I just don't like having to hear about the characters for so long instead of the actual what happened to that show. Um, And then I'm also – I just started because I am re-watching Sopranos with you and you were watching it for the first time. There was a Sopranos podcast put out by Michael Imperioli and one of the other actors from Sopranos. They're going through it episode by episode. And they're only – I don't know, like 18 or 19 in. And they started this at the beginning of the the pandemic. Oh, interesting. They, you know, they had planned to do it for a while, and they thought, well, let's just start it now. Right. So I've only listened to the pilot episode, but it's really good. They cover a lot of, like, you know, inside details of this, that, that episode. And, you know, the first one's obviously talking about how they got cast and their thoughts of the show and all that. So... Uh, the pilot one was really good. At any rate, I do have an interesting ranking to share. It popped up on Screen Rant, which I reference every now and then. And it is uh, the top nine seasons in order ranked by the highest IMDb ratings, which I thought was a kind of an interesting way to do it. So, and they even mentioned, you know, what, what are the better episodes from that season. But uh, the worst one is, in ninth place, is season nine with a 7.6 average rating on IMDb. Uh, they don't have much, many good things to say about that season, but they think the mother scenes are great, which okay. I agree. Uh, number eight is season eight. And they highlight, you know, that that has the engagement with Robin and Barney. It has the P.S. I Love You episode, which isn't bad. And the bachelor party for Barney, which is, they don't mention that, but I thought that's a pretty good episode for that season. Mm -hmm. Um, Number seven is season seven. This is a really boring ranking. (laughs) If it's just going to be like, number nine is season nine. Number eight is season eight. It gets mixed up a little bit. I'll speak faster. Will that help? <laughs> uh, season seven with Ducky Ty, Beer Calise, and Quinn. Um, now, here's where I put in. After seven, I put in season one as uh, the sixth best season. But they go right to six. So, yeah, you're right. It is kind of going in order. But season six <laughs> has Marshall's dad, dying, and Blitzgiving. Uh, and then they have season five as <laughs> five. Um, this is the, the least creative list I've ever heard you read. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, again, it goes by IMDb rating. So where <laughs> I did it by my own rankings, this is kind of going along with what the people think. So our audience members, why would you insult our audience's members? I have no proof that our audience ranks things on IMDb. Season five has the Barney and Robin couple season, them as a couple. It has playbook, doppelgangers, Jenkins. Number four is season four. It has Karen surprise, surprise. and the world's greatest couple. Wait. No, the world's greatest. I don't know what that one is because world's greatest couple, I think, of the season two one. I'm not sure what I wrote down there. Number three is season one. So they have season one all the way up at the third best season. Really? Yes. Where I have it back at six. Um, the second best they have is season three with an 8.3. IMDb rating, and that one has blah, blah, um, the 10 sessions, the platinum rule. 
And then, number one, they have a season two, the, the season we're in right now. Hooray. Um, with an 8.5 IMDb rating. I also wanted to mention, I won't go through these ratings, we'll do it next week maybe, but uh, there was a website that ranked the top 100 sitcoms of all time uh, based on IMDb ratings and How I Met Your Mother is in that, but I'll reveal where that is next week. What'd you think? I, I, was, I have mixed feelings about this one. It was fine. I didn't laugh that much. It's interesting that on my first page of notes, everything was high. It was like, this is funny, this is funny, this is funny, this oh, is really? funny. It's like, this is a really great episode. And then I get to my second page of notes, and I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. <laughs> it's like it's like hardly anything I like and a lot of I don't likes. And that was kind of the rest of the episode is that it was mostly don't like. So I feel like it started off really strong, and then I, I really didn't like the back two-thirds of this episode. I mean, I like the setup of it, of the, like, slow reveal of who's actually to blame, but Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of the jokes were lazy. It just wasn't overall... There weren't a lot of laugh-out-loud moments. That's a good way to say it. It was a lot of lazy jokes. Yeah. We'll call out some of them. So we start off with the narrator talking to his kids about destiny and the ripple effect and a trip to Chicago and how that... And I like all that. Like, I, you know, I like thinking about those things of, like, you know, those little decisions that impact your life. And, you know, if you hadn't done this one thing, you'd be doing something completely different right now. Like, that's all very interesting. But Yeah, we even talked about that, how if you hadn't gone to the school you went to, we wouldn't have met. Yeah, exactly. That was a single decision. Because you started at a different school. I did. If I didn't join the sorority, I wouldn't have been on that trip. Like, there's a lot of, yeah, <laughs> little little pieces. You might have ended up marrying someone who didn't even say, God bless you, when you sneeze. I mean, heaven forbid. Goes to reason. Stands to reason. Who knows what kind of trash life I'd be living right now. <laughs> we cut into... An airport scene where Robin and Ted are running through an airport. She claims to have gotten basically felt up by the security guard. Yeah, and this is where I feel like like this is a lazy joke. Mm-hmm. Ted saying like, "Oh, well, she barely touched me." Right. I didn't mind that one. I didn't mark it either way. But yeah, I just kind of flew past it. And then Ted gets into why this flight was so important to him, and he has a 2006 mm-hmm. flashback. And they go back to where he's selling his design. Uh, to the client for Spo- the Spokane, was it the bank or the library? Yeah, the yeah. Spokane National Bank. Spokane National Bank. He was the youngest project manager in his firm's history, and now he's being headhunted heavily, and he's going to interview for a top firm to run their New York office, and they are headquartered in Chicago, so that's where he's flying to. And for some reason, Robin's going with him. Do they ever explain that in the Hulu version? No, my guess is, yeah, maybe they're going to make a weekend out of it or something. Mm. Chicago is nice. I've never been, but everyone always talks about it so fondly. Yep, never been either. It's Someday. That's got to be like one of the top three cities I haven't visited in this country that I want to get to. I wanted to go. There was like a big Hamilton exhibition that was being housed there, I think. I think obviously everything's closed now, but I think it closed down before the pandemic even ended. Mm. But at one point, that was Mm. on my list of things to do, is like maybe go see Hamilton in Chicago and go visit that place. Mm. They get up to... They're clearly running late for the flight. They get up to the desk where they are to board, and the flight attendant just shut the doors. And she says... She tells them once these doors shut, they don't open for anyone. Then... The maintenance guy goes, except right. for that guy. <laughs> now, I like this flight attendant a lot, and I feel like I've seen her somewhere, and I meant to look this up before we got started, 
Maybe I'll do it before the end of this, but I feel like she was like sort of a second or third character on a different sitcom mm-hmm. at some point. Recognize her. But she was really funny. She'll yeah, tr- and I don't know. If they're closing that door, does that mean they've closed the plane door? I don't know exactly how that works. She'll try and get them on, but it doesn't look good. I mean, it- just send them down the hallway. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I clearly have no idea how <laughs> flight rules work. I think you're right. I think it's, if they've only shut that door, then... No big deal. Robin try, Robin sort of insults her by saying Ted has a dream and this couldn't have been her dream and then tries to walk it back. Right. Didn't you ever have a dream job? I mean, this couldn't have been it. Robin, <laughs> Your uniforms are pretty. Yeah, she tries to flatter, but it's too late. <laughs> the flight attendant said it's up to the captain. And Ted explains that Ted starts to exposit about why he's late. It's because he had a court date. He was being sentenced, and it was had to do with him jumping a turnstile. Brought all that up because she chastised him. Yeah, I like her line that, you seem to have a lot of problems with the rules of travel. <laughs> yeah, I like that too. That was a funny observation. Then she answers the phone, great news, but not for them. Her mom found her earring. And again, this is one of those, it's just, you know, it's lazy and it happens again. I liked it because... I remember seeing that for the first time and it caught me off guard. Like, I thought, oh, they were going to get on the flight. Mm. I thought that's what the great news was. So I thought she, yes, it is lazy writing, but I think that actress played it well. Yeah. No, I'm not, yeah, I'm not denigrating her. I just, you know, I think that's an easy joke to be like, oh, I'm, we're going to divert you. It's not really the thing. Yeah. True. I giggled. But... They started to talk about, you know, Ted's blaming himself, but then they talk about how maybe this was actually Barney's fault. And we get a flashback to a few months ago, and they're at McLaren's. Marshall's coming in on crutches, and he's in a little bit of pain. Lily offers him an aspirin. I like how he says that he doesn't believe in painkillers, and then he takes a shot of liquor. (laughs) Right. So Marshall has broken his toe, which has killed his whole theory that he was unbreakable. Yeah, I like this. I've often thought of this because I don't get sick very often, and I, I too, have never broken a bone. I've never broken a bone either. I have been sick before. Marshall's never been sick. I find that hard to believe. Nobody never gets sick. And I'm not really believing that door was very heavy that he opened. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Is unbreakable in the common knowledge of... Pop culture. I think the f- reference to Unbreakable is like even if people haven't seen it, I think a lot of them know that it's about a guy that is sort of unbreakable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, <laughs> that's the condensed version. <laughs> it's an M Night Shyamalan movie starring Bruce Willis as a character who un- he doesn't even sort of realize it about himself, but he's never really been hurt. He's never gotten sick, and he gets found by a guy who's got brittle bones and breaks bones all the time, played by Samuel L. Jackson, who sort of identifies him as a potential superhero. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that, so that's the unbreakable theory. I don't, so you. That, that's a movie I can't rewatch because it's a very dark movie. It's Wasn't there supposed to be kind of like a sequel to it? Yeah. It, it, it took the character... Like, are they all in like an insane asylum or something? I don't know... Yeah, we, we've been meaning to kind of watch that because we watched the lead-in movie with, what's the British actor who... James McAvoy. Yeah, where he kind of summons, like, animalistic powers of some sort because he believes right. that he turns into an animal. 
Oh, I forgot about that part. Yeah, that was weird. But yeah, then all those characters are in a movie together, so. Yeah, I didn't like the movie <laughs> that we watched to prepare for it, so I was like, eh, I'm not sure now if I want to see this. And I liked Breakable, but it's, it doesn't have a lot of rewatchability for me. Yeah, I've never seen it once. But yeah, so that's Unbreakable if you haven't seen it. Kids. Okay. Um, it turns out the marshal had been training for a marathon. Now he can't do it. And the mar- marathon's tomorrow. Yeah, and Barney shows up and says, you don't train for a marathon, you just run it. I like this sequence of Barney here where it's such a ridiculous thing he's saying. Right. Robin says, Barney, it's 42 kilometers. Ted's, thanks, Canada. I'll take it from here. It's about 26 <laughs> miles. I, I liked that. Yeah, me too. Um, Barney um, informs everybody that, you know, here's the steps to running a marathon. You start running. There's no step two. <laughs> step one, you start running. Step There is no step two. Marshall offers... A $50 bet to Barney that he can't do that. And <laughs> like Barney's, gee, Grandpa, maybe if I save up, I can buy an ice cream cone. <laughs> yes, for a $10,000 bet. And Marshall um, points out, you have a gambling problem, you'll take the 50 Mm-hmm. It was a good sequence. And Barney tries, no bet. Okay, 50 <laughs> Jump to the apartment where they're looking on a computer at the tracking chip of the race that Barney's carrying on him in his shoe. And I feel like when you know, you first watch this, you're assuming Barney's cheating. Yeah. Oh, sure. And he's making really good progress. Lily makes a joke I did not care for about how she's going to put one of those on Marshall after the wedding, the tracking chip. Yeah, that wasn't great. She tried to sell it, but it still it just didn't work. Yeah. Um, they think, like you just said, that he's got to be cheating. And Ted points out a time when <laughs> Barney argued that men at work saying hungry like the wolf. And when he realized that he was wrong, he tried to hire them to sing it. I think we all know it was Duran Duran, but that Barney. Barney's got a lot of money to blow. He'll spend it on (laughs) whatever he can to prove himself right. Marshall says, no way, it's really him. And then they cut to the street scene where Barney's running and winks at them as he goes by. (laughs) Right. Somebody takes Lily's drink and she she yells, hey, that's my drink. Yeah, you better run. I didn't like that one either. Didn't love it. Again, lazy. We're at the apartment. Barney comes in. They kind of celebrate him having completed the marathon, and he looks in good shape, not overly tired. Yeah, he's doing great for running 26 (laughs) miles unexpectedly. It almost makes you think that you could do it by watching him in this. Oh, no. (laughs) No, you can't, but... (laughs) Maybe you think that. No. I can't run down the I'm just saying it just... He just so comfortably did it, it almost kind of felt like, <laughs> I guess I could just do it. <laughs> right. um, he points out his time would have been better, but he had to take a detour with a hottie that he met. Uh, <laughs> I do like Willie's response. That, I'm not sure anyone in that story is a winner. Oh, yeah, because he, he won that race, too. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> they had their own mini marathon. That was a decent he won. Line, yeah. yeah. So I did like Willie's response there. Marshall pays him. Marshall says that he can ride on the subway for free because he ran in the marathon, and Barney said he should try this subway thing. In air quotes. And he's going to be slumming it, so... And Barney's from New York, or Staten Island or something. Do they not... Does the subway go to Staten Island? I don't think it does. I think you have to go to Staten Island by a ferry. Okay. I find it odd that Barney would have never taken the subway. Or I guess, his, like, I guess there's a bridge to Staten Island, but... 
a lot of people don't have cars in New York, so, right, so he in which case they would have to take a, a ferry across. But he doesn't drive. He doesn't take the subway. He didn't always have money. So what did he do before he became rich? I guess now you can, you know, he just taxis everywhere. No, it's a good question. Has, has he really not ridden on the subway? I think that's incorrect. I'm sure he has yeah, he's probably just, ridden on the subway. He's just you know, acting above it all. All right, fair point. And he says that he might make a whole weekend out of slumming it and call his bridge and tunnel girl. Now, this is confusing. Yeah, Ted says she's from New Jersey, and he's like, no. So I guess we're to assume that maybe she's someone that lives under a bridge or in a tunnel. (laughs) I think that's what the implication is there. I don't, I guess. That's how much he's slumming it, that she's a homeless person? Maybe. I mean, I don't, I think even in the the world of the, the universe of the show, he's still just joking. He's not sleeping with a homeless girl. Yeah, he, I guess. He just made the joke on the spot. A throwaway line. Yeah. Okay. We're on the subway. Barney calls Ted. It turns out his legs won't work. <laughs> we start with him trying to use his metal to hit on some untr- uninterested women. And then we get some pretty good physical comedy from him trying to get up. Yeah, he tries to get up for a stop and he can't. <laughs> his legs have finally seized up. Yeah, I you know I wonder what the possibility of this is. This I, I think that's something that could actually happen. I believe it. I don't think it would happen that quickly. Like all of a sudden they just don't work. But I don't know if you've been how long running for a there. while and then yeah now you're sitting. Like, yeah, I guess maybe if he's sitting there for like thirty minutes or so, but that wouldn't make sense because he lives in Manhattan. It should only be a right. few stops to wherever he's going. I don't know if we have any doctors or PTs. Let us know. <laughs> Yeah, this isn't the biggest medical mystery that we've seen on the show. (laughs) He's talking to Ted on the phone. He said he's ridden end-to-end twice. He's seen where the train turns around. Ted, you don't want to see where the trains turn around. (laughs) No, I think that's Coney Island. Well, I guess it depends on which train he's on. Right. Yeah, the Coney Island stop is not a pretty stop when you ride it all the way out there. I don't know enough about New York subways to have an opinion. (laughs) Well, you've ridden with me. We've ridden together down to Coney Island. Yeah, I don't remember it being a terrible place. <laughs> I thought we had fun on Coney Island. We did once we got <laughs> off, but sort of the site of it's it's a much bigger station. And never mind, let's let's okay. skip the unattractive scenery of of the Coney Island turnaround spot. Uh, Marshall makes a good joke here that yeah, it's the best fifty bucks he ever spent. Oh, that Barney, was on the TV version. Um, yeah, Barney being in this predicament. Ted's gonna go help him. He says, "Stay where you are." Which I thought was a Just bad fine. joke, but... Yeah, it's again, it's it's lazy. Barney's sitting there, and yeah, you get a very tropey, you know, mm-hmm. you get a pregnant woman, an old lady, and a kid with a cast that come up, and he can't move, so the old lady calls him a douche. <laughs> now, I recognize this old lady, and then I was trying to remember where I saw her, and right away I was thinking Dumb and Dumber, because she was the old woman in the wheelchair in Dumb and Dumber, where he says, don't go dying on me now. Oh, no. <laughs> but I looked at her on IMDb, her name is Connie Sawyer, and she's had 146 mentions of hmm. roles she's had. Good for her. I should have seen what like her earliest ones was. Was it like the 1940s? Right. <laughs> Ted gets to the subway a little late, sees him and tries to jump the turn style as we've been, as has been described before, gets tackled right away. And then there, there's, you know, they, they decide, yes, we should blame this on Barney, just like that rash at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to know about that. 
we're back in the airport. The it turns out the pilot never called back. <laughs> I like the flight attendants comment of they never do just like that even when you spend two nights with them in a Radisson Inn <laughs> right I got to imagine because I you know when I travel and I get from the airport to the hotel I often notice that there is like a captain and a few flight attendants, flight attendants uh, all checking in mm-hmm. I got to imagine there's a lot of fooling around going on between those two different roles I don't know you can go ask my uncle he's a pilot <laughs> I should. I mean, hopefully he's not doing it, but he would know the I'll ask the him gossip. in front of your, your aunt. <laughs> is it Jenny? Is that her Julie. name? Julie. Aunt Julie. <laughs> uh, maybe this was cut out of the TV version, but it, um, they go back up to kind of check, and she's like, oh, I got two seats. No, no, not you guys. I was the talking blue, about... Yeah. My, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think they went to that well. I, I like the first one, this one. I It's too much. Yeah. Went to the well one, one too often. But there's another flight on the other side of the airport. And flights are us. They get held up by some smart carts and get a bad joke. He, Ted goes, stupid smart carts. More like dumb carts. Yeah, that's like a Tyler-level joke. Yeah. And then they, Ted throws out that this is actually really Robin's fault. So we get a flashback to an, the apartment where Marshall's getting sort of we get, we get the origin of why Marshall started training for the marathon. So he's getting a little bit of a belly, and this cannot stand. And then we get a long training montage. <laughs> but I love how he goes from like, oh, I'm getting a little chubby, to I'm going to run the marathon. Like, there's, <laughs> there's no in-between there. You do a couple sit-ups. <laughs> I mean, some people are more ambitious than me. <laughs> I've never, even when I got into like, Jogging to the point where I was going like four or five miles, I never thought, you know what? <laughs> if I just could do like twenty more. Well, I, I think twenty one point. I think when you train for a marathon, you really only train up to like fourteen or fifteen miles. Mm. You don't actually train to the full twenty six, just because it's too much wear and tear on your body. But the the thought process is, is if you can train up to like the fourteen or fifteen or so, that you can get the rest of the way. You can just make it the rest really? of the way. Yeah. That's so many more miles. I know. I don't That's know. like double the miles. <laughs> this is what I've heard. I don't know. I wouldn't do any of it. I'd just run it. <laughs> You're not going to do any of the training. <laughs> All right. Marshall tries to make a runner shake and throws up. This is an okay set of things going on here. We get sort of Lily as the voice of uh, giving, you know, reading advice about training for a marathon. She talks right. about... Uh, practicing positive reinforcement so we get Marshall in the mirror and a bad line about him being a robot from the future <laughs> I do like the you are Marshall do you get that do you know what that's from I do yes okay do you yes yeah there's a movie about Marshall University the school the college in West Virginia and um, at some point not all that long ago right Seventies, eighties. Oh, was it? Was it that long ago? Okay. For some reason, I thought it was a more recent happening, but I guess not. No, but they, their team was. The movie was about the football team for Marshall University or University of Marshall. I'm not sure what it's called. And the team was on a flight to a game, and the and the plane went down, and so they had to sort of start their team over from scratch. Nineteen seventy. Okay. Seventy five people died. 
The movie's okay. It's terrible. Um, it's got Matthew McConaughey as the coach. Looking very, like, creepy with a 70s hairdo. It's Marshall University. <clears throat> so, yes, that's that reference. I like that. I think that's kind of funny. And I do also like that this is kind of a... Well, that's the chant from the school. Like, right. we are Marshall. We are Marshall. Right. They start chanting that. Right. So he's you know, kind of co-opted that. Mm-hmm. But I do like that we kind of get a <laughs> an inverse of this in another few seasons when Marshall's looking for a job. And he's trying to give himself pep talks in the mirror. And then it just goes disastrously downhill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the, the pep talk degrades. <laughs> You're not going to cry this time. <laughs> going to put on your big boy pants or your big boy underwear <laughs> and take a nap so one of the pieces of advice that lily's reading is to use um petroleum jelly a number in areas that can chafe so if running <laughs> didn't sound appealing before this is really not selling it i've heard of this some people put band-aids on their nipples Ouch. to prevent the chafing now, even when I was running like the four or so miles, I, I never came close to any of this, but I guess you really got to be putting some, some mileage in to, yeah. for this to start happening and maybe doing it quite frequently because your, your, your nipples can get bloody. Ew. Um, Cut that out. That's gross. <laughs> it's weird that they call it petroleum jelly. Yeah, I wonder what the reason is for that. What do we usually call it? Um, Vaseline. Vaseline, thank you. Or is Vaseline a brand? Probably a brand. And that's why they don't use Vaseline. Ted would have correct us. Actually, <laughs> Actually, Vaseline's a brand. Petroleum jelly is what you're talking about. So Marshall gets a little too into this, rubbing, on, rubbing them on his nipples. Robin walks in, kind of screams a little, and he falls. And now it's Lily's fault. Because she's the reason Robin was at their house. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So I have an answer. So petroleum jelly is a byproduct of oil production. That's interesting. Because hmm. even though I've known it's petroleum jelly all this time, I never thought about the word, the fact that there's like fuel, petroleum, <laughs> right. in it. Huh. We're learning all kinds of things today. And this is Vaseline Talk with Steve and Jen. <laughs> learning corner. So why is it Lily's fault? Because we get Robin and Ted walking down the street, and they notice that people are camping out. And it turns out Lily knows about this at this wedding shop, and there's a huge sale. She never knows where it is, but she has to go. Robin's the only one that she can get to go with her. And apparently they're fourth in line. Tenth. Tenth? Yes, she's only the tenth craziest bride in New York. I thought I heard fourth craziest both times I heard it. Anyways... As soon as they sit down, get comfortable, think that, hey, maybe we could even sleep here. Well, I'm very confused of why they're even there, because Lily already bought her dress. That was actually something that was mentioned in sort of the trivia for this on DBA is. Now, even though she had to buy that dress, was it fixable? I don't know. I'm trying to think of... I mean, we never find out really what happens after this. They never show her getting a dress or coming home with a dress or any of that. But we had that dress seen back in season one and I think that's the same one she gets married in I mean I'd have to double check see if there's yeah, pictures but I don't know so they really didn't have much for Lily to do this episode so no they yeah. just forgot but I mean yeah I guess there's an argument to be made that yeah she sat on the cake and there's a big old stain on it but I'm pretty sure that that's the dress she ends up getting married in 
That's a good point. Uh, you know, if you had to make a counter-argument, it's that that dress was unfixable, but if it ends up in, being the wedding dress and the at the end of the season, then that gets thrown out the window. Yeah, we'll have to come back to that when we hit the wedding episode. The As they get comfortable, I was saying, the, uh, the car in front of them, the alarm starts going off, and they think it won't be... It won't take long for it to get shut off, but they cut to five hours later. It's still going. Robin's trying to cheer up, says, let's just make a game of it and sing along. (laughs) We used to do that in college. My roommate had a car with a car alarm, and so he'd be parked outside of their fraternity house. And when we got pretty ripped, we'd go outside and, like, bounce on it on purpose to set it off and then dance around it as it went off. Oh, my God. He'd get really annoyed because he'd have to come out and be like, guys, knock it off. Now, is this a thing that can happen? Like, can car alarms just go off for hours on end? Yeah, I've heard of this. I thought they, like, ran out eventually. Like, I thought it, like, went through one cycle and then it was done. It should. Clearly, <laughs> this guy's was broken. <laughs> Wouldn't his battery be dead? Maybe. In the morning, the car emerges and then just gets bombarded with trash from everyone. Right. Well, I did, like, I don't know if you remember this, but... Um, this is the advice that Lily gives to Ted when he needs to control his classroom when he becomes a professor. <laughs> Flick the light on and off and make the car alarm noise. That's right. <laughs> it's funny how fate, the ripple is made from this episode all the way to that. Right. <laughs> They're back to the apartment and Robin goes in because she's so tired from being awake all night that she was going to take a nap. When she goes to the bathroom, she comes in on Marshall. So yeah, you're right. This is very clever the way they do this because they end with a scene and then the next scene backs up further mm-hmm. and finishes at the beginning of the last scene. Right. So I feel like there's a movie that does this, but I guess, uh, what's the one where the guy has short-term memory? Memento. Memento's sort of like this. Where you're yeah, kind of going, you ba- you're like, going backwards yeah, you in the story. you get a little bit more each time. And it doesn't make in sense the context until you get the end, of, yeah. which is the beginning. Okay, we're back at the airport. The they get to the other side to the other airline, and the um, flight attendant recognizes Robin. He's a big fan of hers, and he's going to try and help them. But it doesn't look good here either. Ted wants to know if it would help if he gave the uh, an impassioned speech to the captain and. Guy says no. I think it would hurt. It's an okay line. <laughs> I like that. But whose fault is this? Still, why were they eating hot dogs on the street? So we get another flashback to Ted being on the subway, finding a penny from 1939, which is the same penny that he had in Scorpion and Toad earlier this season. Right? What was he just like coming saying like I found a penny on the subway or something? Like just kind of a this throwaway, guy likes like... pennies. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I, I read that, that it was. It referenced that, but I just couldn't picture it. Yeah, nineteen thirty-seven penny. Ted and Robin argue are arguing on the street about its value, and he says that he'll buy her dinner with whatever they make off of it, which is a dollar fifty. One hundred fifty times its original value. Mm-hmm. That's a good ratio. Right. I'm surprised we still have pennies. I, when are they gonna? It's enough of the pennies already. I think I read something saying pennies. Nickels. I don't know about dimes. I think at least pennies and nickels actually cost more to make than they're worth. That I believe that uh, you know. I think let's start with pennies. Just stop making pennies, and sure, we'll let the ones that are still in existence just kind of wear out over time. But just stop making pennies. I think 
I seen headlines. I don't know if I actually read the article, but like there is actually like a coins shortage right now because people aren't really using Good. cash or change or yeah, everything's being charged right now because nobody wants to touch dirty money. Remember when we tried to play Monopoly with the the credit card I technology and it just wasn't as fun it's as using as the fun. cash. So I do actually the meal was only a dollar forty nine. Ted gets another penny back, but it's only from nineteen eighty four. So in fifty years they can get dinner again. Right. That was kind of cute. Yeah, it's good. It was a good line. So it's actually Ted's fault. And then Robin says, "Well, unless you can go back to who left that penny." <laughs> like Ted's line. I wish I could, although that person's been punished enough losing that sweet penny. <laughs> yeah, like that too. All right, there's no seats on this plane either. So it's all over. Ted can't go to Chicago, but it all turned out for the best because the firm hired somebody else. And then they had to move to Chicago three months later, so... Because they closed the New York office. Mm. And then the last thing we get is the closing scene. Mm. Oh, well, I mean, we, we get a little shot of the wedding, and, you know, if that had happened, I wouldn't have met your mother. Right, yeah, so we get a little flash ahead, and that's why it was good, and Destiny, and blah, blah, blah. And there's a first little shot of the mother, even yeah. though it's not... You know, I'm sure it's not Chris Milotti. Milotti. I know, I'm sure in 2007 they weren't like, hey, come shoot this thing where we're not actually <laughs> going to see your face. And then we get one more closing scene where Barney's on the subway and he's getting robbed for his medal by some toughs, by some utes. Poor Barney. Okay. Favorite joke? Uh, I kind of like the that person's been punished enough losing a sweet penny like that. Ooh, that is a good one. I like but that. I, I liked Robin's in 50 years they can get dinner again. But probably the penny one's slightly better. I think my favorite is Barney's... Wow, 50 bucks? Gee, Grandpa. And that, that uh, line. Yeah, I didn't like that one that much. And then my least favorite is, I think, Lily's Yeah, You Better Run when someone takes her drink. Yeah. Oh, I did also like the, you seem to have a lot of problems with the rules of travel. Yeah, there were some, there were some good lines in this one. Yeah, I'd say my least favorite. It made, is, made it a tough call. Yeah, my least favorite is probably the Blue Man Group fake out. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one to pick. Okay, where do you think I ranked this? Can you give me a... 110. I ranked it better than that. I ranked it 99, so mm. you weren't that far off. All right. IMDb has it at an 8.4. Hmm. What's wrong with you people? I don't know. I don't That's know who, on the high I mean, Have you ever ranked anything on IMDb? No. I don't know who these people are that are <laughs> doing it, so I don't know how much we can trust their opinion. I like how they did, when they did the, and we'll talk about this when we talk about these rankings next week maybe um, all the top sitcoms on IMDb is they did it by what has the highest IMDb rating and then if there's a tie they go to who has more votes so like mm-hmm. one show might just have like 15,000 votes that was only on for like a season and then another show has that same rating average but it had like 300,000 votes so it's ranked higher I think that's okay. I think I would like whoever came up with that idea to rank them that way <laughs> probably we get along very well. All right, where can folks find us? Oh, wait, wait, before you do that. Um, next week we have Stuff, and I'm going to try. That's with the plays. Oh, is it also the one with the dogs? Yeah, it's okay. with the dogs and, you know, her wanting Ted to get rid of all the stuff that he had from past girlfriends. Right, okay. That's not the funny part. I think the, the part with the play is <laughs> right. just so laugh out loud, I'm going to cry funny, <laughs> that... Consumerism. Yeah, I, I really want to get to this one. Oh my god, so, Tyler asked me the other day what consumerism was. I can't remember. Because he keeps why. saying it. 
No, not because of the show. I can't remember how. No, it came because out. you keep kind of saying it sometimes as a joke. Consumerism. <laughs> but that's not why he had asked me. It came oh, okay. up some other way. Because <laughs> yeah. we do say it a lot, right? <laughs> because of that sh- that episode. <laughs> so you know, we've been taking like one and a half to two weeks to do new uh, to get another episode out. But I'm going to try and push to do this one sooner because it's so good. And then after that, it's Rivadero Fierro, oh, which is boy. another great one. So I think. Hopefully, I would like to get the next two ones out actually a week apart, as we used to do back in the old days, because they're so good. I'm just really looking forward to watching them and talking about them again. All right. Where can they find us? You can find us at RunkleRecaps.com, on Twitter at RunkleRecaps, on Instagram at underscore how I met your podcast underscore, and you can email us at RunkleRecaps at gmail.com. Thanks, Have you been Jen? checking that? I have not been checking that. I think I get alerts if something comes in. Okay. So, <laughs> so I've been checking Twitter and Instagram. I haven't been checking the email. So. I'll, I'll I'll take a look, but I don't think I don't think we got anything. Um, okay. Well, like I said, we should be back next week. So stay where you are. <laughs> get it? Quarantine joke. But um. Bye bye. Really? That was your last joke. <laughs> well, it, it references where and he <laughs> says, "Stay where you are." Fair enough. Okay. See, it would have been better if you didn't say quarantine, Jeff. I think our listeners are smart enough to figure out that that was a reference to what Ted said to Barney when he was stuck on the subway. Write in. Tell us if you got it. <laughs> Nobody's checking the email. <laughs> <All right>. Bye. <laughs>